Not yet. There we go. Do I have to speak louder? Oh, I can't myself. You're doing good. I just wanted to start off by thanking everybody for your for your prophecies and for sharing them. The word that Eric just gave is kind of, uh, is perfect because it kind of rolls into the message that I have tonight. Um, and I guess uh, to say the date, today is uh, June, June 13, 2012. Um, and I don't have any media for you tonight because I'm giving the, uh, sorry, the media person a night off, so she doesn't have to do all that. So. <laughs> um, how many of you guys have experienced like warfare, spiritual warfare, distractions, all these things that have been going on for the past few weeks? Because I know I have. Um, and what I'm learning from that is... Um, what the message is going to be about. It's about being susceptible. Um, the definition of uh, susceptible that I got from Merriam-Webster is uh, capable of submitting to an action or process or operation. Um, you know, when we leave ourselves out there, we're, we become susceptible to the enemy. Um, when we are not dwelling in the things that we're supposed to be doing, the godly things, we're being susceptible. We're putting ourselves out there. Um, what are the causes of being susceptible? Can anybody tell me? Um, no. What I'm actually looking for is <laughs> the Satan, the devil. He's the cause of us being susceptible. Um, and another thing, uh, it's also us. Our disobedience, our sin, that causes us to be in a line of fire where the enemy will target us, seize us, and he will go after us because we're easy. We're easy target. I mean, usually in the safari when uh, a lion is stalking its prey, who does it go after? The weak ones. Because they're easy. It's easy to go after the weak ones. Um, what are some of the things that makes us susceptible? Um, what I've got from all of this is sometimes my perception is off, and it's a perception of anything that's going on. My view of what's um, going on in a situation, or my view with someone or something. Um, it's the way that I look at a situation, it can be skewed, and you know, not in line with what God, God's Word is saying. Um, another thing, and ladies, I need a witness to this because our emotions, my emotions get in the way of me um, hearing from God, and I'm susceptible when it comes to me feeling a certain way about a situation. You know, so-and-so said this to me, and it hurt my feelings. And now I'm going to use that as fuel for the enemy to use it against me and against whoever it is that I'm feeling bad about. Um, and also, you know, hurt feelings. Someone got mad at me, so you know what? I'm going to be mad at you because... You know, like the devil, you're in the line of my fire, and so I'm going to shoot at you. And, you know, and he likes that because as he's shooting at you, you're shooting at someone else. And it's kind of like a, it's like a circle of not life that goes around. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, um, you know, my husband taught me something awesome. Um, he says, every time there is dissension between me and someone else, I have to stop what I'm doing and reevaluate the real relationship is between me and Jesus. Amen. And there's something wrong with me and Jesus and not necessarily anybody else. And so in that moment, he tells me, Joy, you need to stop and you need to 
to to lay it before the feet of the Lord because it's really your relationship with him that's causing all of this dissension. Um, and the last one is, is our flesh. Um, I definitely know that I have issues with being distracted. Um, uh, you know, but that I'm not apologizing for that because it's kind of a good thing because I can string pearls together and I understand that concept. Um, but, you know, usually I, I'm, I'm distracted mainly by technology. I've got my phone, I've got my laptop, I've, you know, we don't really have TV, but there is something to be said about that. I can watch TV through my laptop, so that's kind of an issue. Um, but I don't do it often. And also, uh, I'm tired. My tiredness, my flesh just wants to sleep all the time. Um, or it just doesn't want to do things, like go out and fellowship. But that's one thing that I've noticed. Every time I don't want to go out and do something, I do it. Because I know that it's the devil, and I know that he wants to prevent me from fellowshipping, and he wants me to, um, to stay home and not be edified by what's going on outside of myself. That's right. And so, uh, you know, one of the ways we put ourselves in the path of susceptibility is that pride gets in the way. Pride gets in the way of a lot of things for me because you would never know it, but I am, you know, I have pride. If, if something happens and I find that it's a mistake, I, I, I weigh and I'm like, okay, this is a really small thing compared to a candy bar. It's like a Tootsie Roll to like a King's Ice Snickers or something like that. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's, it's not something that I need to apologize about. But hey, if it says in the word, if you sin against your brother or sister, go to them and tell them. Amen. You know, don't be prideful. Yes. Um, and hurt feelings, gosh, what is it that, where is there a moment in time where we're not, oh, someone hurt my feelings, you know, or someone did this or someone did that, when it's necessarily not even them. It's not them that hurt your feelings. You are accountable for your own feelings, your own actions. The, the way that you you portray yourself is, is from you, not from someone else's actions causing you to feel that way, to act that way. It's no one else's responsibility but yours. Amen. And uh, one of the things that, you know, is, is so prevalent in the world is greed. We are so greedy for fame and money and for time and for everything. Um, one of the um, scriptures that I wanted to share about greed is, um, is in John 12, 4 through 6. And this is uh, talking about the six days before Passover. Jesus is at a dinner and Mary is washing his feet um, with the pure nard, the perfume. And it says, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did this to say, he did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. So, I mean, Judas, he was one of the 12 disciples first chosen by Jesus himself. Um, and he walked with Jesus. He pretty much saw everything that Jesus did because he never kept himself secret from them, you know? Um, he shared all the parables. He shared everything. He shared his entire life in ministry because he wanted the disciples to learn what it is that he was teaching and for them to go go out and, and teach it themselves. 
and you think sometimes, oh, I've got control of my flesh. I've got control of my emotions. I've got control of everything that I can possibly think of that doesn't make me susceptible because I'm strong. You know, it's that pride that comes back. And it prevents you from seeing um, the things that you can better yourself with. And Judas, he was he was susceptible. I mean, he left himself open. He wasn't, he wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't, what's the word? I'm translating it in, in English from the ocean. Mm-hmm. He wasn't um, untouchable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was subject to um, the devil, the enemy using him to do something to do something what God had already planned, but it was something to us that seemed, oh my gosh, I can't let him die. Jesus, why would he sacrifice Jesus? Um, but those are the, some, some of the things we do that, that too, you know, but we don't realize because it's not on a huge scale like that. Um, and uh, in Luke 22, 3, I'll read that to you. Um, then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot. I mean, he was susceptible. Satan saw that, and he took advantage of him. This is one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. I mean, you guys can obviously see that in the two examples, it was money that was leading him to, to do this. You know, he was worried about how much um, how much that perfume cost. He was wanting to do other things with it, ungodly things, I'm sure. And then he was worried again about the money that um, that they were going to give him. You know, from giving away Jesus. Um, there are ways that we can fight being susceptible, and I wanted to share that with you guys. If you can turn to Deuteronomy six five through nine. Going back old school, Eric. So in Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9, it says, These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. There's impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk, walk along the road. How many of you guys remember these? How many of you got okay, no hands. So you guys don't remember these? Yes. No. You do. How many of you have them with you today? Nope. So no. <laughs> two. Two people. You carry it around with you and you actually read it and share with everybody what's on the cards. I know sometimes um, you know we have um, an opportunity to carry these around and share them with people. And I've done it myself, where I have it in my backpack, but I don't pull it out and be like, bam, you know, in the car. This is what I learned today, you know? I mean, I can share with you Psalm 119.11. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Amen. So um, these are very important. I I mean, Eric... um, gave us these cards in order to write our stones on them. And it was an amazing message about being able to attack the enemy with our stones because we, we have them handy. You know, they fit in your pocket, three by five cards. There's actually some in the library that says stones for your taking. Um, if you guys want to fill these, that would be awesome. And I have some too if you guys want some. Um, other things that we can do is uh, it says, talk about them when you sit at home or when you walk along the road. And that's 
when we're hanging out, you know, when we're fellowshipping. I know there are a lot of things in the world that we can talk about, like what's on the latest TV channel, what's on Netflix, what's, you know, but what is it that you saw on the billboard today when you were driving here to my house to fellowship, you know? When we're hanging out, um, a lot of the times I talk about those things, but I should catch myself and, you know, and when I do, I say, hey, let's talk about something, you know, what did Jesus do for you today? What is the word that God has given you today? Let's share it, let's talk about it. And I do that with John all the time. You know, I'm like, hey, John, what did you read today? You know, and he would tell me, and I would tell him um, what I read, and we would bounce it off one another. And because we share things, the Lord speaks to us different in different ways. He will share with John a scripture. You know, some days it's the same scripture that I've got, but his, his understanding of it is absolutely different from mine. Um, and my understanding of it is different from his, but when we're talking about it, we find these commonalities and we kind of come to this picture of, hey, this is what the scripture means, you know, and other things that are related to that scripture. It's like a Bible study within a conversation, you know. How do you not love that? It says, uh, when you lie down and when you get up, you know, we do, we talk about, John and I talk about the word before we go to bed and, um, you know, and usually that's when we're like, hey, what'd you read today? Um, and also, uh, when you get up, you know, what do you do in the mornings when you get up other than brushing your teeth and, you know, washing your face? Please do that. Um, it's appreciated. Um, but, you know, I notice that when I do that, I'm talking to Jesus. When I get up, you know, I sit, I sit up for a while and I'm like, hey, Jesus, what do you have for me to do today? You know, good morning, how are you? I mean, he loves that. I'm his daughter. I can do that with him, yeah, you know? Amen. Uh -huh. amen. Um, and talk to him uh, like that. And, uh, and definitely pray when you wake up, because I'm saying that from my experience. A day where I don't pray before I start the day, it's not a very good day. I get, I get all the funk that's going on, and I just let it affect me, and I become susceptible. But I realized that when I pray in the morning before my day starts, man, it is a powerful day. I go throughout the day and I'm like recalling scriptures, you know, and I'm like, wow, I could apply this here and I could apply this there. And I'm not susceptible to the enemy. Um, and in eight, uh, it says, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. You know, the way that I do this uh, is to put it on my dresser. I've got this little sticky note. I write down the scripture and I paste it on there, which is good because I have my laptop in the front and it's not good for me to like look up and see my reflection. So every time I look up, I see the word reflected back at me. It helps me to remember what it was that I wrote, what it was that I, you know, what I was thinking about last week because it's, you know, the entire thing has scriptures. Um, for you to look at and remember. These are some of the ways that you can um, you can fight off being susceptible. You know, not not reading God's word, not not knowing what He is is trying to teach us and instill in us and hiding it in our hearts make us susceptible. You know, make us vulnerable to the enemy. Um, and uh, then another way for us to uh, not be susceptible is to know and use the word. Um, the, uh, I had this hummingbird experience, I call it, which is funny because Cassidy shared about hummingbirds last Wednesday. Um, 
you know, I'm easily distracted. Um, and I was in conversation with someone, and it was an important one, and I was telling this person about uh, the Word, you know, about what God was doing in my life and sharing it in ways that are, are active and living in my experiences with them. And all of a sudden, a, humber- a hummingbird comes, and it's floating, like, in midair. And I'm like, ooh, hummingbird, did you see that? It was really fast. And there's this whole conversation about a hummingbird, and the person just looks at me and is like, uh, you were talking about something important, but um, that's, I guess that's what Mr. Charlie says, it's a rabbit, or chasing a rabbit, that I'm not even near chasing it, it's just in the room and it's somewhere. Um, but that's, that's one of the ways of being susceptible also, is to be distracted and not focus on what it is that God wants you to do. Um, and in John 10:27, you know, it says, my sheep hear my voice, and um, they know me, and they follow me. So, in order for you to not be susceptible, you have to know God's word. You have to hear it, you know, and you hear that directly. You don't get that from anyone else, but hearing directly from Jesus. Um, one of the other things, too, um, is to is to pray. Um, you know, you pray on all occasions, and I know we have this saying that we love all the time. It's prayer pulls you out. It pulls you out of any situation. It pulls you out of a thought that you shouldn't even be having. It pulls you out of um, a, a word that you're about to say that you know you're not gonna, you know, you're gonna want to take back afterwards. Prayer pulls you out of everything. And when a distraction happens, or, or when something is is not godly that enters your mind, you stop and you pray. Um, and I found something awesome that I didn't realize before. And as I was reading Luke 22, um, 39, uh, Jesus, it says, Jesus went out as usual uh, to the Mount of Olives, um, and he prayed there. Um, and he says to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation, because that's one of the things our flesh does, is to get tired and fall asleep. And you guys all know that the disciples couldn't stay awake, and they fell asleep as he was praying, uh, praying on the Mount of Olives. And um, it says in the 43rd verse, it says, An angel came from heaven, appeared to him, and strengthened him as he was, as he was praying to his father. And, you know, this is awesome. Like, when I pray, I, I feel a presence, especially when I'm alone. I, I feel a presence that someone is there listening to me. Amen. That angels are there. They're surrounding us. And as we, as like we learned in um, Foundation, we learned that there's a great cloud of witnesses that are surrounding us continuously. Like, they're here. I mean, you know, they're everywhere we go. Um, and when you pray, an angel is there. You know, a messenger of God, a helper of the Lord, who is there to uh, to strengthen you, because prayer does do that. You know, I find that when I'm tired and I don't want to, um, you know, stay awake, I'm like, Lord, please help me stay awake. Or, or you know, when we're when we're fasting and we're hungry, and the flesh is loud, and your stomach grumbles, you know, and your head hurts, and your body's just tired. You pray, and then you're strengthened afterwards. Like, it's an automatic, like, it's instant manna, you know? And it fills your body up real quick. It's not, it's, you don't have to wait for it. But I know all about prayer and, and waiting on, on things. So, um, 
one of the things I also learned um, was that Jesus prayed and he prayed all the time. And he prayed a lot. And sometimes he even spent the night praying to God. You know, that should be, that's a part of our lives. We should be praying. There should not be a moment in our life where we're not praying. You know, I'm, I'm up here speaking to you guys, and I'm praying all at the same time. And my, my Holy Spirit is, is praying, and, you know, and I'm being strengthened. I'm being strengthened as I'm sharing what is on my heart, because it doesn't have to be right. Well, yes, it does. I take that back. It has to be right, um, but, you know, the Lord is speaking through me. Amen. Because I love him, and I want to share with, with you guys what he has imparted on, on my heart. Um, Good job, sweetheart. Thank you. Um, you know, and prayer doesn't um, happen instantly. Um, because I know about praying for something and waiting for it to happen. Um, and this is just to encourage you guys that this is, is for a season and um, it's for a time. Because God is building up my testimony about having a family, you know, and I'm excited about that. And when the time comes, I'm going to be leaping for joy and everyone who is having a baby, I, I'm excited too, you know. I'm excited about babies, they're awesome. We will also leap for joy. Thank you. Leap for joy. That's a play on words, I like that. So another thing I wanted to encourage you guys about um, how to say, um, to stay, uh, you know, stay, how do you say, Unsusceptible to God, uh, unsusceptible to the enemy, um, is in Ephesians six ten through eighteen. Awesome. Where's this Jan? She had to step out for a second. I was going to say, I was looking for her because in her, um, she gave a, a prophecy, for, and it was uh, from the scripture that I had, and it was kind of nice. It was confirmation of, you know, what the Holy Spirit is doing in our ministry. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. That's the one who comes to uh, steal, kill, and destroy all the good things that God is trying to do. For our struggle is not against flesh and, flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And don't get this wrong, it doesn't mean the authorities that God has set before you, because... Um, <laughs> I mean, just because it's separated by a comma doesn't mean that it's a, it's a separate entity. This is the authorities and the powers of the dark world that God has set, not God, but the enemy has set out. Um, this is the enemy. This is for the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realms. That's what he's talking about. This is therefore. Usually when we hear the word therefore, we, we want to know what it's there for. This is put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and not be susceptible. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That's also one of the things that's important for us, too. I know you guys have a Bible. Some Bibles are super heavy, but it's also always important to carry around the word with you. If you can't, you know, if you can't take this, then take, you know, write it all down in your, in your stones, you know? And I know everybody has an electronic device, and I'm like, I'm going I'm to use my uh, phone in order to get the Bible, uh, you know? I would rather carry my Bible because it's special to me. You know, Amen. if anything were to happen to it, I, I would I would actually cry because it's special. It's, I've got all my notes. I've got all my you know all the awesome things that people have told me about building a family and you know all the testimonies and all the things that have been going on, the prayers and everything. It's in there, and I would be upset if if uh, anything were to happen to it. And lastly, one of the things that we can do um, to fight off being susceptible is to resist the devil. Resist the devil and he will flee. Yeah. This is James 4, 7 through 8 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But that's, there's a condition, though. You have to submit yourself to God. That's right. there's, it's not like I'm going to submit myself to focusing on this, this uh, TV show because if I'm focused, then the devil's not going to bother me, right? And then next comes a commercial, and there he is, just waiting for you, because um, he's just he's just ready. He's ready to, to get you at any moment. And um, something that I found in um, in doing you know the study is that while Jesus was in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, he was fasting and praying. Um, the enemy came to him. The devil came to him and, you know, spoke God's word to him. But Jesus was able to apply the word correctly. Amen. He applied it in the right way. Amen. You know, he returned He returned flaming arrows to the enemy, and he shot him right back, you know. Um, but one thing I found in Luke, it shows the heart of the devil and what he's, he tries to do. It says... And he left him for a more opportune time. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to let you guys know that he is—he's—he's he's always looking to get you. You know, he's kind of like that. I remember as I was little, I saw this picture of—it's um, not a robber; it's just this little shadow. And there is a person on the other side that's just standing there, minding um, their own business. And this little—this little thing is—is is creeping up on him and it's waiting to jump on him. You know, and. The enemy is, is constantly, that's what he's doing. He's waiting, he's lurking, and he's ready to jump at you at any moment when you are susceptible and when, when you know, you're not dwelling in the things that are godly and the things that are part of the kingdom. Um, I wanted to share with you guys also uh, the ability to discern. Um, and discernment, I found in Merriam-Webster, is the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure, the skill of discerning, or the act of perceiving or discerning something. And um, one of the things that we can use as a tool to fight the enemy is the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will help you uh, distinguish between good and evil. The Holy Spirit will help you to find out if there's funk in the room, you know? Sometimes when you guys are in service, I don't know about you, but I'm in that sound booth, um, and uh, we're we're praising and worshiping, 
uh, during practice, and we're in the, in the zone. And all of a sudden, this funk comes up, and I'm like, dude, who just stepped in the room because it's funky? And it's like, you know, the Holy Spirit will show you that. He will show you that something is, is, is different, you know. And at that moment, I stop, and I pray in the Spirit. And I'm like, Lord, you know, get this, get this thing out of here because it's not allowed to be in here. This is the house of the saints. This is where we come to meet, and this is where we come to meet the Lord, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the only place, but it is the special place. And I, I get kind of like this Holy Spirit, um, this righteous anger, and I'm like, I'm like upset because the enemy has just has just messed with me. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like poking her mama there when um, her cubs are around her. She does not like that. Um, and that's uh, a way to... Um, to combat being susceptible. Um, I wanted to share also a, a situation where I used the Holy Spirit to combat all the funk that was going on. I went to um, a graduation ceremony just recently, and it was a really, it was a really good one because it was short. I had the shortest graduation, <laughs> graduation I've ever been to, which I was excited about. But one of the good things that um, they did was one of the, I guess, valedictorian, one of those speakers, um, he got up there and he he asked everybody to pray. He asked everyone to you know pray along with him as he re, as he read uh, his his prayer and what he had written. And well, everybody was just you know they're worldly. You can obviously tell the man in front of me was not interested. He was playing on his cell phone the whole entire time. And as I look at this guy, I'm like I'm praying. I'm like at full speed with my Holy Spirit while everybody's. <laughs> just listening to this guy or just enduring him for that while as he's talking about Jesus and he says Jesus which was awesome and I got even more excited and so I just just ran with it in the Holy Spirit as I was praying as they were praying and the guy just is like he's trying to listen to what it is that I was doing given that I'm Asian and he may have thought that I was my, my native tongue which is true the Holy Spirit is you know speaking in tongues is my native tongue um, but he is very confused about it and I, I pray that he's interested in wanting to know about Jesus you know even through that small experience I use the Holy Spirit to, to help me get through Thank you. Um, another way that we can discern the devil's work through the Holy Spirit, uh, and this one is is, is pretty obvious. Um, it's in Acts 5, 3 through 4. These are the things that will happen um, when we're not obedient and when we're not truthful with, with what it is that we have set out to do, um, especially when we make a promise to the Holy Spirit. Then Peter said, to, um, this is about Ananias and Sapphira. Then Peter said to Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? There is a way for uh, Peter to know that. And the Holy Spirit spoke that to him. The Holy Spirit let him know. Because how else would he know? You know, how else would he know that they sold the land for this price and they kept some back because they thought, hey, it'll be okay. You know, no one knows. Only me and you. Only me and you, babe. We know. And what happened to them? Their greed for money caused them to die right on the spot. Um, and they, 
you know, there's there's a way of someone finding out what's going on, what's in your heart, and that's through the Holy Spirit. And believe it or not, the Holy Spirit will, will let someone else know about what's going on with you. Because again, that funk, it's part of uh, it's part of the enemy. And it's pretty it permeates everything, you know? And that's why we're supposed to be held accountable to one another. That's so we don't become susceptible. You know, Amen. share your burdens, share what's going on, you know, um, and let other people know so we can help you. Because if we don't know, then we can't. We cannot help you. You know, we can, we can pray that the Holy Spirit show us what's going on. But, and, you know, again, prayer pulls you out. Um, and also something that I wanted to share uh, in Luke, um, it says, if you then... Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Um, if you definitely want to know what the Holy Spirit is and you don't have it, definitely ask. Because when you ask and your heart is is ready to receive it, the Lord will give it to you. And I know that from experience because the first day we, um, we were visiting uh, LCMF, there was this this, uh, how do you explain it? It was the Holy Spirit. Now I know that it was the Holy Spirit, it was the presence of the Lord that was in that room um, in the garage. You know, when we first walked in, it was awesome. And we didn't know what it was because we were heathens. We were Buddhist, and, um, you know, John was agnostic, whatever that is. Um, and, you know, we, we felt it. It was the Holy Spirit. But throughout the year that we had been with LCMF, it didn't even take us long. We were like sponges. We want whatever it is that God has, you know, has for us. You know, we asked, we were, you know, Eric was like, who, you know, who wants to be prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit? And I'm like, dude, dude, this kid does. I want the Holy Spirit. I want what's going on because you guys obviously have it. And it is amazing because you're using that tool to ward off the devil, to not be susceptible to him, to be powerful against him. You know, that's what the Holy Spirit is there for. Be able to pray when you don't know the right words to say. Because English is a very hard language. <laughs> but the sentence structures, oh my goodness. They just don't make sense. Um, but luckily I know how to speak English and I kind of do it well. Um, and, you know, I just wanted to close by encouraging you guys because this is what the body does. We encourage one another. Um, if you guys would turn to James 1, 12 through 18. It says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. This is this is us. We're persevering through, through all of it. We're persevering through the enemy attacking us and we're continuing to to push our way into the kingdom because we're here tonight, you know? None of us decided, hey, I, I think I'm just gonna go to, to Sonic because they're having a happy hour, you know? Or I'm just gonna stay home and just watch this or I'm not feeling well, I'm just going to stay stay home, you know? Um, it says, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Yeah, you get a crown. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You get to be you get to be a part of a kingdom that God has promised. And God 
God is true to his promise, I'll tell you what. Um, and he's not like a shifting shadow that changes. You know, he's the same God. He was the same God then, and he's the same God now, and he will always be the same God. And so know that his promises are true. They will be true, you know, two years ago, and they will be true now as it's happening, you know, even though we don't see the fruit of it, and they will be true when we see the fruit of it, when we're wherever we're at, um, when we have a faith. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. It says, Amen. when tempted, no one should say that God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. In death, you may not see it right away, but it is happening. Our bodies are decaying. Um... And it can be seen over time. So if there's something that's growing in you that's not right, you need to make sure that you are in God's word, applying the word correctly, you know, making sure that you're not being susceptible to the enemy. You know, usually what happens when you get a wound, everybody wants a Band-Aid, right? Everybody wants antiseptic, you know? And I think of that as as that is, um, that's God's word covering you like a Band-Aid to heal you. When you're wounded. Um, and it says in 16, Don't be deceived, my, bro- my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. How awesome is that? We... We are grafted into his nation, his people. We are grafted into Israel to be a part of this promise that he is saying is ours. You know, given that we are obedient to his word, we walk in his way, we stay on that narrow path. Because, you know, wide is the path that leads to destruction, but narrow is the one that leads you to the Lord, you know, to that eternal life that he gives you and into that amazing place that um, he's called us to be, the first fruits. I love it when these folks preach, don't you? Don't you get so much more, so much faster? (laughs) (laughs) Have you... uh, You ever had to take a steroid? (laughs) Or a cortisone shot? Or any one of a hundred other medications that make you more susceptible to other things? Sometimes something can enter you that causes you to be more prone, more likely to get sick. The devil is always trying to plant something. He's always trying to seed something in you that will make you get sick. Joy mentioned a bunch of those things, but rather than focus on that, I'd like to focus for just a second on the scripture she read in Deuteronomy 6. Here are 10 things God says that you can do. 10, not the 10 commandments, 10 things that you can do that will make you less susceptible to the enemy. The first is love the Lord. Everybody says it, 
Can you see it? I can see that Charlie loves Joellen, and they've been married 40 years this August. I can see it. I don't have to ask, don't have to ask her. I can see it. You have the kind of love for the Lord that can be seen. That would be first. Second, he says about his word, impress it. Talk about it. Talk about it at home. Talk about it when you walk. Talk about it when you lie down. Talk about it when you get up. Tie it. Bind it. Write it. It sounds like he's trying to close every possible door that could be open. Every uncovered area that makes us susceptible to the attack of the enemy. Is that a fair statement? Amen. We'll leave you with one last thing because I think Joy covered everything that we had to. I just want to reiterate something she said. In 1 John, the first chapter, the 5th through 7th verse, it says, If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. This is not how we would usually think about this. We say if we walk in the light as He's in the light, we'd have fellowship with Him. But that's not what it says. It says if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. One of the ways that you know you're susceptible, that something has gotten in that shouldn't get there, is when your horizontal relationships, that's your relationship with every other believer, begins to get strained. In every area, you're fighting off offense. In every area, you feel as if there's contention. Good question is, who are you fighting against? There is never a time, ever, that God sanctions for the believer to fight with another human being. Our war is against the enemy. So when we don't have fellowship with each other, the question is, did we get misdirected? When you get your vertical relationship right with God, you get His Word tied to you, bound to you, impressed on you, those things... He puts you in right relationship with each other. Because when this word is upon you, when it's in your heart so that you don't sin against Him, you know who else you don't sin against? Your brothers and sisters. And when they do say something that's out of line, you're full of mercy. When they do do something that's wrong, you're full of the attributes of God. You're no longer susceptible and easy prey to the enemy. These are easy things to say. But look at your life. And where are they? Because you're a fool to find yourself sick and not want medicine. To just say, no, I'm not sick. That would be a foolish, foolish thing. We have the chance to look at our lives right now and go, are these things present? Am I susceptible? Because we have the medicine right here. And for it to be administered, for it to be delivered properly, for you to get it down in an IV or a pick line straight to the heart, the only pathway is that we humble ourselves and say, I have a problem. Christians who can do this can overcome any obstacle. Christians that cannot do this are overcome by the smallest obstacle. And it's plain for God and all those who walk with Him to see. What we want is to have an invulnerable, a completely impenetrable walk. That comes from applying His Word to us first, our spouse and our family second, everybody else third. Does that make sense? Yes. Because joy had a good word. Does it not go and flow with the prophecies that we got? Amen. I didn't know what she was going to preach about. Isn't it what we were talking about in Galatians 6 right before she got up? It's because she heard from the Holy Ghost. Isn't that good?